5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in.
I mean, I'll be bummed about not winning the SEC championship, but it won't change my thoughts about the Siren Bowl. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's always good to win your rival game, but, hey, you come this far, Gus, you better get your mind off of Arkansas. If that's where you want to go, you better get it on winning these games, and then you can go to Arkansas. Hell, I'll walk. No. I'll drive you to Arkansas. No, I think he's going to stay at Auburn, and and I'm glad he's made me look like an idiot the past few weeks because – after the LSU game, I about had it, and then they go on to beat Georgia and Alabama, and now I'm never going to call for a coach's job like that again. Not not the way he he made me look. He made me look like a complete fool. And no, yeah. you know, if Gus stays, no Auburn fan should be bashing him for the foreseeable future at all. I don't think he's got a shot to go to uh, to Arkansas. I mean, it's a it's a job he can win eight games or something and be a hero. Right now, he's got a lot of pressure I, on him. And it, I don't, it's I don't think go home. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he's gonna. I I think there was a big, a more better possibility if he would have lost yesterday. I think since. Since he won, and the yeah, fans are gonna are gonna love him a lot more again. I think he stays, which I want him to stay. I think he's the second best coach in the SEC. Well, so and here's the deal: I'm not a big guest. And not many to be people with with you. And not many people have beaten Saban twice. Him and Urban are the only ones right now that are coaching in college football that have done it. Yeah, he's been there seven years. Though. Hell, you you better beat him twice. Well, let's let's move over to uh, Quinn. I'm getting some background noise on your phone. It may be mine, but Jonathan, I mean, exciting Iron Bowl yesterday, and, and I'm probably sure you weren't surprised really at that outcome. Really, to be honest, I bet you, I bet you, after watching that first couple quarters, you thought Auburn was going to win, didn't you? Well, I mean, I did pick. Uh... I did pick Auburn to be to win this in uh, in the off season, so I don't know why anybody's ever surprised that I'm ever surprised. Like, look, man, I had Auburn um, winning the SEC West beginning of the year. I had them winning the Iron Bowl. This is a team that we knew had a lot of talent. They had a quarterback who who was excellent, and he played excellent. It's funny, only three quarterbacks have completed seventy five percent of their passes against Alabama in a game. Uh, you had Steven Garcia when they beat Alabama in 2010. You had Johnny Manziel in 2012 and Stidham yesterday. And we knew that Stidham wouldn't make the difference for Auburn this year. That would be the guy to make or break it. And I'll tell you what, that defense played like we expected. They were able to run the football. Stidham was efficient. And Auburn has proven that they are a damn good football team and that Gus has done a phenomenal job of, of, of building up this program to where he feels he can be a winner, a consistent winner night in, night out. I mean, think about it, guys. That is the second worst loss for Alabama under Saban. It was only 12 points, but that says a lot. Like, not many teams beat Alabama. Not many teams beat Alabama by double digits. And Auburn just kind of just controlled it. 
They went, they got after it. I'm really impressed with what I saw yesterday. It was an excellent performance by everybody involved. Well, I did bet on the game, and I did take Auburn, but I did tell the guy, Auburn, if they win this game, it's going to be double digits, and I'll be damned if. And the guy was like, yeah, like, yeah, because they've always the double digits, dumbass, you know, like, okay, you know. And you know what? It should have been it should have been a, a 19-point win, but it was a 12-point win. But, but the, what the, the takeaway from this is I don't remember a time under Nick Saban besides maybe the first year where Auburn controlled the game, really. I mean, for four quarters, Auburn out-physicaled Alabama. Besides that one drive to start the third quarter, Alabama had um, run the football and got the touchdown. But, but Jonathan Auburn just out-physicaled Alabama. They out alabama Alabama, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, well, this is this is something that we've been we've been waiting and expecting for, right? Was you could see Guster recruiting what he was building and how he was putting together what seemed like it was going to wind up being a a consistent challenger to Nick Saban. Um, and, and that team yesterday showed that Gus can do it. Now he has to maintain it, obviously. But I have firm full belief that Gus can maintain this. Because he's at one of the few programs where, I mean, once you start winning, kids will show up. You're going to get a lot of talent. And that's that's the blessing of, of what Gus has working for him here. I mean, just uh, – and hats off to the crowd. What an amazing atmosphere that was. I mean, I'm watching it from home, and, you know, you, you can't get, a, I guess, a true feel of exactly what it was. But I'll tell you what, sitting in the living room watching that game – that crowd felt electric. They felt alive, and you could tell the team fed off of that. And that was amazing. I, that was that was my, probably my favorite part of the whole game was how that crowd from start to finish was in such a frenzy. Like everybody was three beers in on the way to get hammered, and knew that it was time to party. And that was amazing. Yeah, that crowd is unbelievable. Quinn was at the game, like he like he talked about electric atmosphere. And you know why? That's that's why it's so difficult in college football to go undefeated. That's why it's so hard to, to play in a Big Five conference, Power Five conference, and have true rival games. And you're just not going to go in there, Jonathan, and just beat the hell out of people every game. You're going to have Alabama showed their weaknesses as the year in the, in the month of November, where Alabama is usually dominant. Alabama showed some weaknesses, and, and hats off to Gus Malzahn and Chip Lindsey and those guys for actually exploiting it. I love their, their defensive game plan. And it was like, hey, if Alabama beats you deep, tackle the guy. It doesn't matter. Hold his ass. Do not let him catch the ball. Let him start over. Jonathan, that was probably one of the best game plans of Auburn's defense. They, they couldn't be aggressive with Hurts there. They couldn't put a lot of pressure on him because of his running ability. But they didn't let them complete long passes. And I think that's what frustrated Alabama's offense. And they couldn't get out. They couldn't stay on the field on third down. Yeah, I mean Alabama was absolutely horrible on third down, um, whereas Auburn was fantastic. And you can see, in all reality, that was the main difference uh, in the game. I mean, look, we all knew if you could limit Calvin Ridley's touches, you weren't going to shut him out. But if you could limit his, um, <coughs> excuse me, if you could limit his touches. You you were going to slow this offense down and pretty much stall out the passing attack. 
because he had 53 receptions going into the game. The next closest guy had 13. Like, that, that's, the Alabama's offense is very one-dimensional when it can't, comes to, to passing. So, if, as long as you can kind of sit on him and make Jalen go to a second and third and fourth read, you are going to be able to make a stop. Sorry, my computer just started uh, playing in the middle of this. Just, uh, I apologize. But, hey, there was a stat I looked at, and I believe it was still true, that Alabama has scored in every quarter of this season, but they didn't score in the first quarter or the fourth quarter in the Iron Bowl. That's uh, that's pretty good by Auburn. You know, Alabama had the seven points in the second period, second quarter, and then starts the third, but Auburn locked down. And I know Alabama right. fans say the referees cheated. I know a lot of them saying the referees cheated them out of it. Nobody wants them to be in the playoffs. But let's just be honest, Alabama got beat last night. It wasn't a kick oh. six. It was like Barkley said. It was a kick ass. It was a long time coming, though. Well, you watched Alabama all year, and you're like, man, when they finally go up against the team, they're going to go down. Like, you knew it was coming. You, we saw it against Florida State, where you're like, oh, boy, FSU's got their number right now. And then all of a sudden, special teams are special teams, and Bama ta- you know, takes advantage and does what Bama does. Right? And then you watch the LSU game, and you're like, Man, LSU's offense looks a little better than they're supposed to. And then you saw what happened against Mississippi State. And you're like, you know, not for nothing, but if Auburn, we know their offense is better than LSU's. We know they don't make special teams mistakes. And we know they're not going to play scared. I mean, Bama's going to be in trouble if Auburn shows up and just does things right. And that's what happened. You know, it, it, it truly was a phenomenal effort. All the way around, and look, Nick Saban is now 0-7 against Auburn teams that mm-hmm. win nine-plus games in a year. So you know what the world needs, Brian? The world needs more good Auburn Tiger football. Because when Auburn's good, Nick Saban loses, and everybody's happy. Exactly. So, Gus, that means keep winning. But let's let's talk about Alabama for a second. And, and you know, we, we play 12 games in a season. Granted, you know, Alabama really hasn't beaten a top 15 team this year. Florida State was actually – I give them credit because Florida State was number three. They scheduled Florida State knowing that they were going to be very good. Florida State lost their quarterback. The rest is history. But Alabama has dominated most of their opponents until the month of November. They started having some trouble. So my question to you, Jonathan, is Tuesday night when the polls come out, when the committee comes out, where does Alabama go? Oh, boy. Honestly, if you told me they were going to be in the top four, I wouldn't be surprised. I um, I have them at uh, at five right now just because, look, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and put with undefeated Wisconsin. I'm going to have them in my top four. Well, I don't care what anybody thinks right now. You know, uh, I like having uh, Clemson compare, when you compare with Alabama. Clemson has the win, Bama don't. Um, you know, you, you look at Oklahoma, who's playing about as peak as they have been all season. And then, you know, I mean, for I, I kind of broke my own precedent and put a team with two losses out of a one-loss team as far as Auburn against, ahead of Alabama because they beat the uh, number one team in the country twice in three weeks. Like, that says a lot. So, I'm yeah. Alabama five right now. I'll tell you what, I think the committee's going to have them in the top four. Um, I think um, – I think Alabama might even find a way into the playoffs, uh, regardless of whether Oklahoma or Wisconsin went. 
Now, if Oklahoma or Wisconsin loses, Alabama's a shoo-in for the playoff. You and me and Dupree knows it. Well, a lot of people are thinking Ohio State would get in there, but let me let me ask you this. I saw Kurt Herbstreit's top five last night, and he had Auburn number one. And my, my problem with that is Auburn did lose two games, but one of those losses was the Clemson, the team that's lost one game. So how, how could Kurt Herbstreit put Clemson behind Auburn right now? And I granted, Auburn's probably playing just as good, if not better, than Clemson. But at the end of the day, Clemson beat Auburn. And they, they did it, and that game was never really in doubt. Because um, Herb Street's an idiot and does what he wants. I mean, not even necessarily he's an idiot. He put something up new to create debate and was like, yeah, have fun, minions. Like, he, you know, he got caught up in the moment. You know, right? It's, it's the whole way. Everybody's like, well, Auburn looks like the best team in the country right now. Look what they've done over the past month. And you're like, well, yeah, but, you know, shouldn't we – you know, include September and October into this whole thing, not just November. Well, yeah, but, you know, they look like the best team right now. I get They did not look like the best yeah. team in September. That still matters. No. Like, you know, that that's kind of why you look at, like, Wisconsin. Um, or, you know, you look at uh, even, um, even Clemson, who, yeah, they've had a little bit of a rough down the road, but, you know, still a team where you're like from September to November, you're like, this is a top five team. They have been all year. Why are we going to change it now? Alabama's been a top five team all year. You know, I mean, Georgia, you know, it's another team that's been up in, let's say, top ten. Like, these are all been guys who are big contenders every week. When you look at a team like Ohio State, who you're like, no, you're only in the top ten because there's nobody else in the top ten. Like, Bill Connolly with a, 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 a podcast they played, nobody was talking about how um, in his uh, numbers rankings, he, you know, he, he, has a, he has a formula that he uses, puts the numbers in, and it ranks the teams for him. So there's no bias. And it had Ohio State number one going, uh, after last week. And, and he can oh, sense yeah. frustration with it. There, there's definitely frustration because he's like, how? You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so – he, he, he's like, it's funny, though. Ohio State and Alabama this year would have been, like, the eighth or ninth best team last year. He's like, last year was such a good year, and there were so many teams who were at peak performance. Whereas this year, there's been a lot of parity. I mean, there's going to be 80 eligible teams. We're not going to have any five-win teams in bowl games. I mean, that, that that's a huge, you know, congratulations, Big Whoop. But you can actually see it. Like, you know, there's, like, a top two in the ACC, and there's a top three in the SEC, and there's a top, you know, let's, I mean, bad, let's say two in the Big Ten. But then there's this big drop-off where it's just a bunch of middle ground, right? Um, and that's where we've been at most years, all this middle ground. And that's the only reason why Ohio State's a top ten team and why I think they have no shot at the playoff. Yeah. Quinn, I'll bounce this to you. If, uh, if Wisconsin – and, Jonathan, I'm going to mute your phone just real quick and just see if this gets better. Uh, if Wisconsin loses to Ohio State, Quinn, just say Clemson beats Miami, Auburn beats Georgia, Georgia beats Auburn, it doesn't matter, Oklahoma beats TCU, but Ohio State, State sneaks up and beats Wisconsin, who gets into the playoff in your mind, um, Alabama or Ohio State? I think – 
the way that Ohio State lost in two in their two games is what's going to keep them out. I I think because of their name and if they and if they lost in two close games, I think they would get in over Bama. But I think with <laughs> their two blow with their two losses being blowouts, I think they get left out. And let's not just say blowout. Let's let's say who blew them out. It wasn't Penn State. It wasn't Michigan or somebody of name. It was Iowa, okay? Iowa beat you. Yeah. They scored 51, I think it was 51, something like that on them. I 55 to 24. But this is a team that got beat up by the Sisters of the Poor, you know, Iowa. I mean, they. and here's the deal. Nick Saban, I don't give a damn how bad his team was or what kind of game they would have him. Nick Saban would not go on the road and lose by 30 to Iowa. Nick Saban doesn't lose by 30 to anybody. Last night was about as close as it came, and if the refs hadn't have screwed that call up on the um, illegal substitute or illegal man on the field, Auburn would have been up 19 in the blink of an eye, and that's the closest Nick Saban's been to being blown out. So he doesn't, and that's why I'm giving Alabama the nod here. Yes, Alabama, they have not played. Um, the schedule they usually do. The SEC is just not as good. And I think what hurt Alabama was the SEC not being as good this year. And it and they weren't battle-tested. When it came to the end of the year where they had some injuries and everything, they haven't been battle-tested really except the first game of the season against Florida State. That's a, that's a long way of go. That's a long time ago. And so I think what happened is you get used to beating up on, on teams and everything. You forget that, that you have some – some holes. Auburn got challenged on the road at Clemson at night. They they got found out. They got exposed. Then they, they blew a 20-point lead at Baton Rouge, but through all that, they built some character at least. They found out, okay, we're not good enough to go on the road and piss around. We, we'll lose. We're not dominant. So, but when they're at home, they found out they're a good football team. As long as they don't turn the ball over, they can win. Auburn knew who they were yesterday, Quinn, when they went into that game. And I think Georgia helped them a lot too. So you think about it. Auburn's played Clemson on the road, LSU on the road, and Georgia. Didn't don't you think that prepared Auburn a little better for that big Iron Bowl more than Alabama? Yeah, it did. And I'll say this about Alabama: if everything goes chalk in Wisconsin and Oklahoma both win, then uh, Bama's out. Then Bama, Bama's then out. Bama shouldn't be then Bama shouldn't even be no. in the conversation to be put in. But, yeah. They I think won't. The, you're not leaving Wisconsin out, Quinn. There's no way. And I, I would a few weeks ago I'd have told you you're crazy. Wisconsin didn't deserve it. But, hey, you know what? The bottom line is Wisconsin is winning all their football games. And they're destroying people. And you know what? I think they'll honestly probably beat Ohio State. I mean, honestly. Because you know why? Because I said Ohio State was going to beat them all year. And you know what? Wisconsin is going to prove everybody wrong and it's going to shut everybody up. As an Auburn fan, if Auburn can win that game against Georgia, I don't want Alabama in that playoff again. What, what benefit do we have playing Alabama again? I mean, that's, that's not good. Auburn probably wouldn't be able to win that game. It would be tough, man. Facing Saban twice and winning both times in the same season is Oh, man, that, that would be hard. But yeah. what I will say is I think the battle test in this did help. And I think that after that LSU game, I honestly think 
Gus had a come-to-Jesus moment about conservative play calling. And I think in some, and I think in some of those earlier games this season, I think he kind of was telling Chip to be a little conservative. Like, I think he finally just said, all right, no matter what happens, if we have the, the big lead, we're going to keep the pedal to the metal. That's why I loved it in the Georgia game when they were up huge in the fourth quarter and he was ch- and he was challenging like a first down when it didn't matter. But I loved it because it's shown he's let out his killer instincts. And I think that's the difference. I think that's what's putting him on another level is I think he went from being a good coach to even – being an even better coach because he's letting his killer instinct come out. And that's what you're noticing about this Auburn team is, is they have a killer instinct now that they haven't, that they didn't have earlier this season and they haven't had in years past. If, if this same Gus was coaching that national championship team, the Gus right now in 2013 and that national championship game, Auburn would have won the game. So, I mean, there's just a, like, his mindset, like, flipped after that LSU game, after they blew that 20-point week. Well, he realized that, look, now he's getting hell from everybody. Everybody's wanting him gone. He screwed up. But one thing about Gus is, you know, being a younger coach, being not as experienced at the SEC level, he's learning. He's coaching against some good coaches like Saban, but he knows that, look, if I if I let up on these guys, and he even admitted that he thought he didn't think LSU could score twenty on them, and he he thought his defense could do it. Well, you got on the road, you got into a hornet's nest, and that's what happened. So let's let's bring Jonathan on and ask him: Was Auburn more prepared, Jonathan, for that Iron Bowl yesterday over Alabama? I just think they're they've been more battle tested, and they found out who they were. I don't think Alabama knows who they really are right now. I don't see an identity on offense or defense really. Huh. That, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, no, I knew, I think Auburn was more prepared from the standpoint of I think they honestly knew what they were offensively. I think they're healthier. Um, and like, like you guys have mentioned, I think they have, they have been challenged. And because they've been challenged and they were able to overcome those challenges, I think that really served them uh, well compared to – Alabama, who, yeah, I mean, they were challenged uh, against Mississippi State, but, I mean, it's not like, you know, Mississippi State was, was Auburn, right? You know, this is still a uh, an Auburn team that beat Mississippi State by, what, 40? So, yeah, I mean, I, I really honestly believe that Auburn was more prepared just based off the fact when you look at health, when you look at previous competition – and when you look at how they they have each faced adversity uh, at, at different points of the season, how they're able to handle it. Yeah, and I, I think that experience, Gus Malzahn is starting to, and Jonathan, you you mentioned it earlier. He's starting to get a hold of the recruiting, the depth. This is the best Auburn team, honestly. That 2010 team was very good. I don't think it's as good as this team. The 2013 team was was very good. I think this team may, if they can beat Georgia, top that team. But I don't know. This Georgia game, let's preview it. No, let's come back and preview it later. But uh, kind of I'm concerned a little bit, and we'll talk about that later. But there's 
there's some other big games uh, that went on, on the weekend, but but Jonathan, it was a a boring. It was just a boring weekend for rivalry games. I mean, these Clemson came, pulled down the panties of South Carolina. Everybody was talking about upset. Florida State went into the swamp and pimp slapped. Uh, Louisville went into Kentucky, pimp slapped them. Ohio State got down 14, pimp slapped them. I mean, Michigan, it's it just – it was boring besides that Iron Bowl yesterday. And, and maybe you thought the Iron Bowl was boring unless you're a diehard fan like we are, Jonathan, but – where were the rivalry games yesterday? I didn't see any. Well, I mean, Notre Dame put up a good a good fight for about three quarters, if you want to call Stanford a rival. Um, yeah. Michigan-Ohio State was pretty good. Um, and uh, Indiana-Purdue game was decent. Like, look, you should, the ACC <laughs> and the SEC, it ain't fair no more, guys. It's not. Like, you can clearly it's not, tell. Baby, isn't it? Oh, I mean, you, know, I, you can quit. It, it, it's kind of sad because you can clearly, 100% clearly tell which conference is better just when you look at the inter uh, the interconference games like that. And when when you have um, when when you have uh, an ACC SEC rivalries, and the ACC's won 13 of the past 16. All right, and that's Louisville, Kentucky, Florida, Florida State. Uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. I mean, you're just seeing a beatdown uh, in, in these games. I mean, Florida State came in, put up a half an offense. If I, and I'm being generous, put up half an offense and beat the brakes off of Florida. Like it was, they they got a free fourteen, a <laughs> uh, free seven points at the end of that game. That was a beatdown of embarrassing proportions. Hey, if you're a Florida fan, I don't care that you just hired Dan Mullen. Just quit now, guys. Just quit now. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't going to be near us for a while. That was embarrassing. I mean, we, we had a linebacker who had a, a sure fumble return for a touchdown, but was laughing so damn hard at how bad Florida was, he fell at the half-yard line. I mean, you know, you look at what Louisville did to Kentucky. You know, I mean, yes, there was some – I mean, the Apple Cup was embarrassing. Washington just obliterated Washington State. And the Oregon, my God, what they did to Oregon State was – I mean, that was messed up. Absolutely taggered. You know, but I mean, we, we didn't have a lot of these great robbery games, a lot of lopsided games, there's no doubt about it. I really think, though, that it can show the separation and divisions – and the separation in conferences. And I think that was on full display yesterday. I mean, the best game of the day was, what, Michigan-Ohio State? And even that pissed everybody off. Yeah, yeah let's, best let's talk about the – game of the day the, uh, was the Iron Bowl. Hold on. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, Quinn. Jason, man, congratulations to your Oregon Ducks, man. Uh, hold on a minute. Oregon just scored another touchdown, guys. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, uh, Jason. Are you going bowling? Is, is Oregon going bowling now? Yeah, Oregon's going to be at the bowl, um, the bowl game um, this year. Um, Rudy Tiger said it best. You don't disrespect the O. So, and the Beavers did it, and they got that butt kick. What happened? What happened <laughs> to Oregon State? How did they disrespect the O? Well, the the um, the team circled around the O and it said F the Ducks. 
during the pregame. <laughs> That's what they did. I, I swear to God. So they got the butt kick. It felt good. Damn. I don't care who the Beavers are hiring. If Rudy Tiger stays at Oregon, the Beavers won't beat Oregon for another 10 years. Guaranteed. All right. Easy saving. Easy saving. Easy. <laughs> All right. I mean, hell, I mean, look, look, Jason, I remember talking to you. I'll pull up the show from last year at this time. You came over here and you were calling the depression hotline and suicide watch. <laughs> You, you just you just seem like you got a little pep in your step this year. I mean, tell me the difference between the Oregon team right now and the Oregon team at the end of last year. What's the difference? Uh, it's it's really hard to explain. It's just I, I guess the juice. I, I guess Brady Hope's gone. Yeah, Brady Hope's gone. Thank God. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's it's the juice. And when I told this to my fiance, next year we we're gonna keep Tiger. We're gonna probably have to replace Jim Levitt if he goes. But if Herbert stays healthy for a full twelve games, Oregon can be a nine or ten win team next year. On on the conference games are yep. easy cupcake. I agree. Yep. I agree. I I agree. And tell me about this Pac-12 championship coming up. I mean, people are trying to sneak USC back into the the playoff hunt all of a sudden. But please tell me who's going to win this game, and please tell me the Pac-12 has a no chance in hell of getting in the playoff. Yeah, Pac-12 has no doubt, no no shot. Um, one, I'll I'll get to that later. I think I think USC wins. Just because the the earlier matchup in week two or three, USC really ran the ball down Stanford's throats. Saying that, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Stanford wins. Why not? I'm just happy that Washington's not playing in it. Yep. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean Washington. Washington. How many have they lost? Two. They lost two games. Two. Two conference games. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Washington's out. The the Pac-12's out, but this will be a, a Friday night game, and you know I'll be watching. And hell, I'm not missing the Pac-12 championship game. It starts at eight o'clock Eastern time, and 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 Jonathan, yeah, I I mean, tell me, you're not going to miss this game either, are you, Jonathan? You're going to watch it regardless if they can make the playoff. It doesn't matter. It should be some good football. I mean, what else are you going to watch? Basketball? <laughs> exactly. So, so Jason's picking uh, Stanford or uh, USC. Quinn, are you picking Stanford in this one? Uh. Stanford's playing better now than they were earlier in the season, but I would say USC is kind of regrouped. Uh, where, I, I'm gonna where go is it? Where's the game going to be played? I'm going to go with Stanford in this game, Jonathan. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's just – I think Quinn's right. I think Stanford's playing better football right now. I'm just not a big believer in USC and Clay Helton as a coach. I, give me, give me Stanford in this game to be your Pac-12 champion. 
Usually I like to pick the the team who lost the first game of a rematch because usually the team who won the game, they don't make any adjustments. They think they can do the same thing they did and they're going to win. And the team that lost the game, obviously they have to make adjustments to it out. But here's the thing. Stanford, I, like, I get it, Costello's an improvement over Chris, but I'm an improvement over Keller Chris at this point. All right? I, I don't think Stanford can threaten USC on the passing uh, side of it, and that's why I think USC will win this game. But I'll tell you what, you're going to want to watch it just to watch Bryce Love. I mean, he has set the record for most uh, 50-yard rushes in a season. Um, when, I think he has 12 now after the Notre Dame game. He's a phenomenal football player. Ronald Jones on the other side is an absolute dynamite of a running back as well. I think it's going to be an absolutely a phenomenal game um, as far as watching the running back. I think you're really going to enjoy that aspect of it, guys. Okay. Well, well, Jason, before we, we lose you or something, give, a, give us your top five right now. What the, what's the committee going to say Tuesday night when they come out with the top five? And then what does that mean for the upcoming weekend? Well, what the committee will do, they'll probably put Clemson, Oklahoma, probably Wisconsin, and Auburn. And five and six could be Georgia and Alabama. I truly believe one Ohio State or a TCU win from Alabama getting in. That'll be two SEC teams. Um, so not not a lot needs to happen. Um, I want to get to the UCLA hire before I um, get muted. So, All right, go, on. All yeah. right go, go, go ahead, Jason. Talk about it. Um, yeah. If you guys don't know, Chip Kelly got hired at UCLA. Um, a lot of people think that it's a good hire. I don't think so because at Oregon, he already had a staff in place. Um, now he gets to hire all of his coaches. Um, I don't think Chip Kelly's gonna. It's gonna take a couple of years. He's not gonna have the same success right off the bat that he did at Oregon. Uh, people forget he was at Oregon for a couple of years before he took the head of coaching job. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so you don't think it's a, a good hire? So, Jason, stay on there. Uh, shoot me a message if you, if you want to get back on here. We're going to move right along. We'll go to Jay or Quinn. Um, what do you think about the Chip Kelly hire? He he just told Florida thanks, but no thanks. And uh, he's going to UCLA, and it, Florida fans wanted to make it sound like he he wanted total control of all the program. I just think he wanted to be out on the West Coast, Quinn. I don't think he wanted to go to Florida. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a good fit at UCLA. I think it was a, I think it was a good hire, and I, I, I expect him to be competing, um, competing for the Pac-12 uh, South. I think, uh, I think unless USC really hires a really good coach, I think, I think he could have them in contention and. Me- Maybe in even two Man. years of of competing for uh, Quinn, you just stole my thunder, man. Damn, man, you just kind of stole my thunder, Jonathan. I was gonna and say the, USC, USC sitting here without a good coach, in my opinion. 
their rival just goes out and gets a big-time name. Um, what does USC do? I mean, are they going to keep Clay Helton and expect to beat Chip Kelly year in and year out? I think, yeah. I, yeah, I think if USC keeps on winning 10, ga- 10 games a year, I don't think they're going to get rid of them. And I want them to keep right. them. I mean, I don't want USC to get a really good coach. <laughs> so, All right, Jonathan, yeah. I'm sorry. Jonathan, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I'm USC, I ride out Helton until he just becomes untenable. Um, you know, for UCLA, I mean, Florida, <laughs> you idiot. Did you honestly think that Chip Kelly was going to be your next head coach? Like, you had to hire him, all right? You had to hire him, like, two weeks ago. Let's be real. If you were going to get Tim Kelly, you had to make a full, you had to put on the full court press and get him uh, two weeks ago. And instead, you lollygagged it. The minute the UCLA job opened up, you had to know he was going to take it. I've been telling you all since uh, all summer that Chip Kelly was going to be the next head coach at UCLA. No, 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 you see, uh, Chip Kelly's going to come to Florida. No, he ain't. Y'all stupid. Like, he, hey, he did it. The one time, yeah, he was a head coach at Oregon, was able to recruit the state of California really well. Now he gets to go to UCLA and stay in the city and recruit top-tier talent. Like, Chip Kelly got it made. He, got a, he has a really easy job at a conference that is not – I mean, look, the SEC is not that competitive as is, but he has to deal with Kirby Smart in Georgia, has to deal with Mazzana Auburn, he has to deal with, with Alabama, even LSU, because LSU is always good, let's be real. Right, so he gets to go in, he's got to convince USC, and then whoever comes out of the back 12 North. Like, Jim Kelly got it made on this one. It was a great job at UCLA to, to get steal writing on the wall, get rid of Mora, hire Kelly. I think it's going to be a great hire. Uh, I'm interested to see if uh, Josh Rosen comes back for his senior year. Uh, I don't think he does, to be completely honest, because, I mean, he, you know, the, the kid is probably going to go top ten in the draft. But UCLA will be competitive in the Pac-12 South and by, by year three. And under Chip Kelly, I think you know he got a five-year deal. I think by year five, he has at least one Pac. You know, well, he has at least one Pac-12 North uh, South championship and possibly a Pac-12 championship. Because here's the thing: now the Pac-12 has a very good program in Washington. They got a program on the rise in, or, on, again on the rise in, in, in Oregon. You got a good program at USC. You got a good program now uh, to see what Chip Kelly can do with UCLA. Arizona's got a talented quarterback for at least two more years. Like, this, the Pac-12's going to be fun to watch. And I think You forgot that, Washington State. They're doing uh, well, too. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Washington State's been a good program. But, we, we, I mean, we saw an Apple Cup. I don't know if Wazoo can hang with big dogs. Like, they caught USC at a prime time spot. And I don't – if that – you know, if USC had had a bye week at any point, I think USC would have won that game. They were just so banged up for that one. I, I think they beat Stanford. Higher. Well, what, 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 why didn't they have a bye week, you think? Why didn't they schedule that? Because the Pac-12 is stupid. They do it to a team every year. I mean, that, this is like the second time in five years that USC hasn't had a bye until Thanksgiving. It's the dumbest thing ever. Um you know, I think the Pac-12 is just stupid in their scheduling. I mean, they are, they, I mean, this is the conference that I have no faith yeah. in. I mean, come on, look at the Pac-12 network. 
you know, I mean, you know, look, look, Stanford's a good program. Until they get consistent quarterback play, I'm not buying anything that they're selling. Um, but, you know, Lord knows they got a pretty good prospect uh, last year. Let's see if he performs next year. But, I mean, look, what a great hire for UCLA. I honestly think it's going to pay off because, look, Chip Kelly won with the Eagles. He just wanted to lose in the locker room. And it's tough because you go from dealing with kids and you, you, you kind of have to schedule their lives to make sure they stay on track so you're dealing with these grown men. Now he's going back to college. And I understand Jason's hesitation with what he didn't, but he didn't actually really hire his staff at Oregon. I mean, he didn't, he did it. Like, you know, Scott Frost, he brought in guys like that, the younger guys. Um, you know, Mark Helberg was just a position coach. You know, it, it took a lot to trust him. You know, so I think that this is actually a really good hire. I think Chip Kelly's going to be able to put together a good staff because, A, he's got pedigree, and, B, it's a very good job to have. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's, we'll see. Chip Kelly is, is a good coach. He's got that that national championship game appearance. He dominated the Pac-12 while he was out there. Tried it in the NFL. Let's give Chip Kelly some credit. He had some balls. He went out and he tried it. It didn't work out. You know what? He's coming back to college, and he should do very well. Some of the best college coaches didn't do well in the NFL, and I don't think Chip Kelly did terrible in the NFL. Um, I just think he had some some different kind of teams to work with, but it's it's just his style. Well, let's move on to the ACC a little bit with uh, Miami, Quinn. Miami choked uh, Friday against Pittsburgh. They've been trying all season to piss a game away. And I've been saying this, and y'all know it, but Miami's not a top-tier team right now. I'm sorry. They, they just don't have the consistency on the offensive side of the ball. They, they, just, they just really haven't played a lot of people. They missed out. They didn't play Clemson. Uh, they, they barely beat a Florida State team that they really didn't know if they wanted to be there or not, Quinn. But here we are. Miami loses to Pittsburgh and gets dominated. People are saying if they beat Clemson, they're in the playoff. How in the hell could you put Miami in a college playoff right now? After what you've seen all season, they played one good game against Notre Dame. We found out, Quinn, no offense, Notre Dame's not that good of a football team right now. They're one-dimensional. Would you put Miami in the playoff if they were to beat Clemson somehow? An 11-1 Miami team who wins their conference and has – a pretty good resume, yeah, I would put them in. I mean... Do you think they are? I mean, I'm talking about do you think they deserve a, a playoff shot? Not not what the committee's going to do. Do you think no. Miami's one of the four best teams in the country if they beat Clemson? Do I... Well, asking if they're one of the four best or if they're de- deserving is completely different. To me, the hell would deserve I don't him. think who's the best. Are they okay. a top? 14? I don't think. I don't think they're one of the four best, but I also don't think they're going to beat Clemson. That might either. change my I mind mean, if they went out there and they beat Clemson. Actually, that might change my mind. But right now, I don't think they're one of the four best. No. Yeah. Jonathan, it's not changing my mind. Miami is not a top fourteen and they haven't been all season, and this has nothing to do with the ACC or anything. This has something to do with Miami. I think they peaked a year. I think they're a year a little too early, really, if that makes sense. I think they've, they've, 
they're kind of like a 2013 Auburn team that they played people close and got hot at the end. But the difference is they lost to Pittsburgh, Jonathan. They lost a four and seven Pitt Friday, and they weren't. It wasn't even a competitive football game. They didn't get outplayed. Just they didn't get upset. They got dominated. I mean, can you put Miami in the playoff, Jonathan, if they were to upset Clemson Saturday night? Uh, hey, Pat, you're my buddy tonight, boy. I mean, I'm telling you what. Look, I don't think Miami is the best damn team in the state. Okay, and, and I'd have a hard time saying Miami's better than USF right now. I mean, this is a team that's important with disaster all year. I mean, no doubt about it. You look at the Georgia, you look at the Florida State game, you look at the Georgia Tech game, even Syracuse and North Carolina, uh, you know, Virginia. I mean, this is a team that at some point, you know, we're all just sitting on, when you just lose, like, like when you just go ahead and lose and knock yourself out of this because we all know you don't deserve to be there. And my gum, it finally happened, you know, and they're like, well, you know, we have to do better certain games and, well, you've been bad all year in the first half. That's not going to change now. That's your identity at this point. Look, man, if they beat Clemson, do they deserve to be in the playoff? Sure. Because at that point, you know, you've got a real marquee win against Clemson. You've got a good one against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame was hot at the time. Let's, you know, let's, 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 let's look at that how it was. You know, they beat a Virginia Tech team that was playing pretty well. And, yeah, you know, Miami showed resilience in making a comeback to win it. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're the best team in the state. Um, I think I, I would put, honestly, I'd put UCF uh, in the playoff before I put Miami in, even if Miami beats Clemson. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I don't know. I mean, I just can't put them in there. I mean, but here's the deal. Who are you going to put in there? <laughs> I mean, if, if the ACC is not in there, shit, I mean, you're going to, you know, only one Big 12 team could even possibly maybe. So, so Quinn, I mean, if Miami won and didn't make it, who would make it? That's the problem. There's not enough teams. Who would make it? Alabama. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that, <laughs> you that too. I mean, but, I mean, yeah, but if, yeah, I guess if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, just think if Ohio State beat Wisconsin. Miami beat Clemson, and TCU beat Oklahoma. You got a crap. You got a big problem on your hand here. <laughs> oh man, it could get it could get ugly. We'll be sitting over here watching probably USC in the in the playoff. I luck uh, having to having to watch USC. But I would I would probably, you know, I mean, you'd have to put Miami in. I guess would they get beat? If they played, yeah, whoever they played in that playoff game, they would lose. I think that that's the, honest to say. Unless unless it's Auburn, they like to keep teams close. If they made it yeah. somehow. The thing is, is I I think Clemson beats them down. How Clemson looked against South Carolina and how Miami looked against Pitt. I think, and I think this. I and I think. Uh, Miami has a hard time playing outside of their home stadium this year. So I think them having to go to neutral field where it's going to be pro Clemson fans because Miami fans don't travel. I think, I think my, I think Clemson's going to beat them by at least 17 points. I don't know if it's even going to be close. I think, 
I think Clemson's going to dominate just the entire game. Really? I do, too. I mean, Clemson, Clemson's looking like, Jonathan, that, that Clemson team last year. They lost to Pittsburgh, and then they hit that gear. And uh, Clemson last night, last couple of weeks, they've looked real good. And I think Clemson's your number one seed. Um, they beat Miami. I think they're going to be a, a number one seed Tuesday night, Jonathan. But Clemson right now should be the number one overall seed in the playoff next Sunday when they make this announcement. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Clemson's been very good this year outside of that uh, that Syracuse game. Uh, you know, their their defense is very talented. You know, they, they obviously they had some injuries in the secondary that did not help out. Um, and offensively, look, man, Clemson's been a little shaky, though. Like, like you know, there's a recipe to beat Clemson. You know, you've got to be able to throw the ball. You know, what, what we learned, and this is something that you saw Florida State try, they just weren't successful at doing, was throwing on first down against Clemson, uh, getting their defensive line out of their comfort zone, and then offensively making Kelly Bryant beat you. Now, you know, I, I think – I think Clemson will beat Miami by double digits, to be completely honest. Uh, but there, there, there's, there's a part of me that just goes, man, this is going to be an ugly football game. So Clemson's going to win, like, 21 to, to 10, and we're going to sit there and go, how? How is, how, how is Clemson going to be ranked number one when they just didn't look that good? Because Miami's got the athletes, and it, it's going to be, you know, two teams that really rely on the running game offensively to to try and open up anything passing-wise. And passing-wise, it's mostly just the quarterbacks running around and making things happen. So, you know, I, mean, I, yeah. I think Clemson looks good, and I think they're the class of the ACC again this year. But I don't think Clemson can win a national title, I, especially that you pick against Auburn right now, Auburn needs their lunch. I think if you pick Clemson against Wisconsin, it would be an ugly-ass game that I can't tell you who was going to win. Uh, I think Oklahoma could actually beat Clemson this year. You know, I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Where you know, like like, like I talked about earlier, that there's not a dominant team. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a great team. We've got some very good teams that have uh, some glaring holes. You know, Alabama's still the favorite to win the national championship right now. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, where is the Big Twelve Championship going to be played? Is that a neutral field or is that in Oklahoma? Dallas. Yeah, Jerry's World. Okay. Okay. Well, here's an interesting game, and I think you know this time of year you always look at who gets tight and who do you trust. And TCU got it handed to them against Oklahoma and Norman a few weeks back. Um, kind of separated Oklahoma, got them in that number one seed, really. But this time of year, one thing I trust is a team with a defense. And when I, when I say defense, who can struggle a little bit on offense and still somehow manage to, to win the game, keep them their team in the game until their offense comes around? And, Jonathan, I'm looking at this TCU-Oklahoma game, and I'm going to put Oklahoma on upset alert definitely because – I. I think Baker Mayfield's due for a bad game. After what happened with the at Kansas flipping off people and doing all this, grabbing his crotch, I think 
I don't know. Is there is there a distraction there? Is it possible that Oklahoma's defense resort, reverts back to the way it's been playing before the last couple of weeks? And TCU, Gary Patterson is a great football coach. I think TCU could pull the upset in this. It's a noon. It's a twelve thirty kickoff Eastern time. Um, Jonathan, something smells with this game. I think TCU could come in here and get the W, and then throw the committee into hell. I mean, TCU has been a team I've been high on all year. Uh, their loss to Iowa State at this point just just really confuses me. Uh, so, you know, I mean, look, they turned the ball over twice in the red zone. They lost the game 14-7. That did happen. And then, you know, Oklahoma, like you said, just Oklahoma got up on them early, and, and that was all stroke. Now, you know, I, I mean, look, TCU is only going to go as far as Kenny Hill could take them. And I don't trust Kenny Hill that much right now. Uh, he he is he's definitely had his issues uh, down the stretch, uh, especially with uh, turnovers. Uh, but I love TCU's defense. Uh, I, I, Terry, like, I've always been a fan of Gary Patterson. Like he he's always been one of my one of my favorite coaches. And I mean, do I think TCU can win this game? Yeah, but Baker Mayfield seems like he's on a mission. And not only right now is he the Heisman front runner, but this is a dude. That just wills his team to victory, and I—I I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that Oklahoma's gonna lose TCU, but don't don't think I won't be celebrating if TCU wins that game. Does TCU yeah. get in if they beat Oklahoma, Quinn? Does TCU get oh. in if they beat Oklahoma, possibly? I don't think no. so, but it depends what. Oh yeah, I don't think they do, but I'm a. I was going to say that I just think Oklahoma's offense is too high-powered for TCU's defense. And I like TCU's defense, but I I just don't think they have enough talent to to overcome how high-powered Oklahoma's offense is, and I think that showed. And I, and I don't think that's going to change. Is it possible for a three-loss LSU team to get in there, Jonathan? Well, you know, I mean, if there's a team that the committee will find a way to sneak into the playoff, it'll be Texas A&M. Because you almost as well Texas A&M. I mean, you know, I mean, all honesty, I'm surprised that Florida State hasn't been mentioned. Look at all the quality losses FSU has. We got quality losses to Miami and Clemson and Alabama and, uh, and North Carolina State. I mean, those are quality losses, guys. We got plenty of the losses that are of high quality. And, I mean, come on now. I mean, look, at the end of the day, Alabama will be rooting for TCU and Ohio State on uh, on Saturday. Yep. And um, let's let's get to it. Ohio State, Wisconsin, and and something tells me that. Wisconsin, we're maybe reading them a little wrong, maybe. I'm calling them a fraud, just like Miami. That's what I'm calling them. But when you can play defense, you can play efficient offense, you can can play disciplined, fundamentally sound football, I think you're in any game you play. And the the problem I'm having, Quinn, is it's not as much Wisconsin. It's, It's the trust I have in Ohio State. I think JT Barrett, He's still getting Heisman votes and stuff. I mean, this guy sucks. I mean, JT Barrett is horrible. Ohio State is horrible. 
I'm telling you, they're they're piss poor, terrible. Um, are they going to beat Wisconsin? That's what worried me. Ohio State has the talent. They they've got more talent than Wisconsin, but is Ohio State capable of winning a big football game? Not in the their home stadium. I mean, the same question for Auburn. Really, can you can 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 Ohio State go into a dome and beat Wisconsin? Remember the last time they played fifty nine to nothing in the Big Ten championship game. I don't think it'll happen like that, but I just don't trust this Ohio State team, Quinn. The thing is, I think if JT Barrett plays, I think Ohio State wins. And I explained this to my mom on the phone earlier. Um, I just think they're going to out-athlete Wisconsin. I think I think they're just more talented and they have a lot more speed. And I think that's going to come to play big in this game. I think Ohio State wins by anywhere from 14 to 17 points. I, and I hate Ooh. and I dislike Ohio State so much, but I just don't think Wisconsin has the athletes yeah. to to compete with Ohio State. Well, and I'm with you, Quinn. I mean, I mean the, the athletes. Ohio State, Jonathan, opened up. Let me tell you what the point spread was. You probably already know it. You gambling being like I am. Um Let's see. I thought it opened at like two and a half. Oh, yeah, Ohio State opened up at a two and a half point favorite. Jonathan has climbed to five and a half this evening. So three points moved. I think Vegas is trying to hint around that that Ohio State's not as dominant as you think. I think I thought that line would be about ten a few weeks ago. After watching Ohio State play the last few weeks, I'm just not impressed with them. I'm sorry. Maybe Wisconsin should be a flight favorite. Well, I mean, when you saw Ohio State struggle with the Michigan team that put out one of the worst D1 quarterbacks in the country, John O'Corn. I mean, you know, call, calling it like an end, John O'Corn was awful in that game. And, and you know, it took a, a late fourth quarter push with the backup quarterback for Ohio State to finally put Michigan away. Uh, pushed on that spread, thank God. Uh, I mean, so the, the way I'm looking at this is I think Wisconsin uh, defensively is going to give Ohio State all sorts of trouble. They're going to smother them. They're going to make J.C. Barrett find a way to beat them over the top. And, look, J.C. Barrett doesn't have a lot of success trying to beat people over the top. I mean, Iowa beat Wisconsin 55-24. Iowa had 68 total yards of offense against Wisconsin. I'm not saying the two things are equal, but I'm saying I think Wisconsin's defense is a lot better than Ohio State. And I think Wisconsin's defense, honestly, is going to be one of the best in the country you're going to find just because they're so disciplined and they're so smart uh, in the way they play. And I think that offensively, they're going to limit mistakes. I'm going to take Wisconsin here to beat Ohio State. Do I think you're going to see a lot of points? No, I think Wisconsin, all honesty, probably wins the game something like 24 to 20. But I'm taking the Badgers here. I think Jonathan Taylor, yep. their, their blue chip running back, is going to have a nice day. Um, I think that – I mean, honestly, I just believe that Wisconsin's a better program than Ohio State right now. And, yeah, look, the team with the better athletes should win. But, you know, the team that's more well-coached and more fundamentally sound and, and, and is adverse to making dumb decisions, is, honestly, that's a team that usually wins the ball games. And I'm, I think Wisconsin is a better coach right now. I think that this is a team that just defensively they just lean on you. 
and just beat, just beat you yeah. into the dirt. They really do. Well, well, Jonathan, you saw what Iowa did to Ohio State, and, and Wisconsin plays that same kind of style that Iowa does. Then, uh, if Iowa out physical, you, you're in deep shit when it comes to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I just news here. Breaking news. Breaking news. Hold on a minute. Uh, they're uh, rolling to Florida, but here's the deal: Tennessee backed out of hiring uh, Greg Schiano. Uh, the defensive coordinator of Ohio State, the fans protested. Wow. How big of a mess is Tennessee? I mean, you can't wow. even hire a coach. I mean, fire the athletic director. Get his sorry ass out of here. I mean, that is terrible. You're even thinking about hiring this possible alleged child molester cover-up. I mean, this is this is terrible, Jonathan. Why is Tennessee trying to settle for some washed-up coach? That now sucks so bad. He's just a defensive coordinator at Ohio State. They gave up fifty plus points to damn Iowa. Um, hey, I told y'all for was hiring Dan Mullen, so hey, one on the board. But um, Greg Schiano was a very good coach at Rutgers, who built a very good program and struggled going to the pros. And I'm not going to hold that against him. And he's been a good defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Yeah, the Iowa game is not a good mark on his record, but for, he's been a good coach at Ohio State. And, and I thought that this would be a good hire for Tennessee uh, when I heard that it was happening. Uh, and then I heard that there was a uh, – I heard <laughs> that there was some consternation with the hire. I mean, look, the Tennessee fan base is the dumbest fan base in college football right now. I said it. Fight me. Go ahead. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Y'all are stupid. All y'all morons. Y'all want John Gruden. Yo, he ain't coming. The, the man has been saying for years that he ain't never coaching college football. Like, like, come on. What made you think you was going to hire him? Hey, he's making north of $6 million working for ESPN. That dude is not leaving that much money on the table to come pick up a full uh, a dire, a full-time gig. Okay, he works three months a year. Makes good cash, hangs out with his wife, spends time with his kids. You know, I mean, he still lives in my area. Like, like that. You know, this is a guy that you know I've met, I've talked to, I've picked his brain. I know what's going on. Like, he's very happy doing what he's doing. And for everybody to think that he was going to go to Tennessee was stupid. And Tennessee fans who sat there and said, "We want Gruden. Oh, we want Fuente. We want Peterson." We want Franklin. You want everybody. You ain't getting shit. Like, come on. Like, let, let's, let's be real about where you're at as a program. And it's not that good, guys. Your program is not. Look, Mitch Jones took over a dumpster fire, got you back to some sort of respectability, and you were you wanted to run him out of dime because you, you're like, all right, well, you know, he wasn't that good. No, Mitch Jones was good for what you needed him to be. Obviously, it's time to go ahead and take the next step, and you need a new coach to, to make that happen. And I get that, but I mean, it's, you're not going to be able to poach somebody from a, high, a, a, a bigger job. That's not how this works. I, y'all need to be knocking on Mike Norvell's door. I, I, I just team The AD sucks, Jonathan. That's the problem with Tennessee. The fans are are they're, they're just fed up from sucking so long and being. Average, and then all of a sudden you go out and you, you. I mean, why do you fire Butch Jones if 
if Shiano's the coach you're getting? Wouldn't you rather just keep Butch Jones and the recruiting consistency until at least, I mean, they're going to be a top ten recruiting class until you find the guy. You don't fire Butch Jones until you have the coach really agreed, right? I mean, you, you get turned down by all these people. Tennessee has more egg on their face now because they've been turned down by four or five coaches. And uh, and now they, they're backing out of Shiano because of the whole Penn State rape allegation cover-up. And I don't know, man. I mean, why would you fire Butch without a backup plan? Because it was time for Butch to go. Just the way the season went, you, you, you had you're like something, something had to change. This wasn't this wasn't Notre Dame going four and eight or Florida State going six and six. You know, like we we can run the back with the same coach, but some changes need to be made to the staff. This was just an unmitigated failure. With Butch Jones up there scrambling and trying to find things to say every week to try and get people off his back, and he just aggravated more people. Look. Butch Jones, Here, here's the funny thing about Butch Jones. Butch Jones got the Tennessee job because of Brian Kelly. He followed Brian Kelly to Central Michigan, took over when Kelly left for Cincinnati, was there, was there for Central for three years, went to Cincinnati for three years. He never had to put together a full four- or five-year plan. Okay, we, we never got to see him play with just his guy uh, until he got Tennessee and Things went down the hill rather quickly once you got to what was year four or year five. You know, so, I mean, look, I'm going to keep saying it. T. Martin, the offensive coordinator at UFC, the quarterback that led you to a national title, that, yeah, you probably shouldn't have won, but you did anyways. Congratulations. Like, that's the guy who I'm asking right now. Okay? He's a very good, he's he's a very good recruiter. Who did Tennessee beat in that championship game? Uh, they beat uh, Oklahoma. Florida, they beat Florida State, who was starting a backup quarterback because Chris Winkie broke his neck. Oh, yeah, that's right. I a Mitchell Heisman Trophy winner. No, a Mitchell a Mitchell Heisman Trophy winner. Chris Winkie had a broken neck, so we had to start Marcus the Rooster Utsen, and Tennessee won twenty three sixteen. I just like you know just putting it out there. Tennessee got okay. a national title because of a broken neck. But anyway, like, you know, I think T. Martin's the guy you need to look at. I think you also need to look at maybe you need to look, you know, I, I brought this up, and Tennessee fans freaked out when I mentioned Dave Clawson. But Dave Clawson has done good at Bowling Green and Wake Forest now. And that's the coach that tells me that he knows what he's doing. He, he's, he's got a plan in place. And he succeeded at these smaller programs. Why couldn't he succeed at Tennessee? He's been there before. I was going to throw go out ahead, a name, and I know, and I know Tennessee fans, and probably you guys would go crazy, but I, I honestly, I honestly would go after Wayne Kiffin. Yeah, I would too. Is that what that that went over so well last time, right? It was eight years ago. He's a it, different coach now. He's a different kind of person. I, and I he, think he would do well. I would hire him. I think he would do well. I would hire him. Yeah, is he a different person? I think so. No, he's just a little older. I'm gonna say he's, he's the same guy. He's just older. Uh, he's I mean, a smart ass. He's still he's still immature. I don't think he's but gonna leave after about a year. And you, you, once you look at Alabama, their identity's changed on offense because 
he's gone. The guy can win football games. That's one thing. I think he's going to have to prove it a couple more years at a, a smaller school maybe. Uh, maybe he's going to have to put Florida Atlantic really on the map or something, and then somebody will give him a shot. But I think people are afraid because he tweets a lot. If you have a president of the United States that likes to tweet all the time, Kiffin likes to be a, a troll on Twitter. And I just think if you're a big-time program, you don't want to hire kind of a kid to I run mean, your program. But I think he'd be a good hire. I do. He, want, he wants the job. And that, that's the one thing right now with Tennessee. And this, this is a discussion I had with a member of a USF broadcast where him and I were talking about all the possible openings and, you know, cause we were talking about Charlie strong and how Charlie strong, there, there, there's a strong rumor, uh, part of the pun that, uh, he's going to go to Ole Miss. And, uh, we were talking about Tennessee because that they were brought up. He's like, I don't see Charlie going to Tennessee. And I go, here's the bigger issue. Does anybody actually want to go to Tennessee? Is there a candidate out there? That that you you can name that is like yeah I want to go to Tennessee and we sat there for a minute and we're like Lane Kiffin's probably the only one that has openly said he wants the job and that says something you know and because uh, Tennessee obviously is not the program that the fan base thinks they are and they think you're now John Terry knew it this AD gig for them granted he didn't do that granted can't stay with it but it is what it is I mean I I, I think Lane Kiffin look. If you hire Lane, I I don't know if he'll be much different than Bush. I really don't. I mean, hey, he he would have to get a, a good staff, a good defensive staff in place. Because so we know offensively he's got it figured out, and he knows how to do it. But, I mean, defensively, this is somebody who that was his downfall at USC. I mean, let's not forget that he got fired at USC after giving up 62 to Arizona State. You know, yeah. so, I, I mean, I think, honestly, I thought Chiano would be a candidate that would be a good hire. I think Team Mark would be a great hire. I think Lane Kevin would be a good hire at the end of the day. I just can't believe that Tennessee would want to take that shot on him, I guess. We'll see what Tennessee does. I think they almost are back in the corner to take Lane Kevin and offer him the offer him the job and, and see. Here's the deal. You know it's gonna get, he can get in Saban's head. You know he's not going to back down from Nick Saban. He would love nothing more than to start beating these guys. And I like Kiffin because he's a little arrogant. And, and he does. He wins. I mean, he's a he's a good coach. He's, he's just not – I just want to see it more consistent, more longer term. But, hell, it's the time right now, Quinn. You may be right. Go out and get Lenny Kiffin and just see what happens. It can't be any worse than what you've got. And one thing he can do is recruit. Um, Lenny Kiffin yeah. can get in there and get the quarterback in place and – and, um, again, will the Tennessee fans forgive him for walking out on him? You know, it's like the wife. Is your wife going to forgive you for leaving her to go uh, for a girl you think is prettier? And then when that girl dumps you, you come back to the house, is your wife going to let you back in? That's the that's question. Yeah. That shows how desperate Tennessee is right now. They need a coach. They need one now. Early signing period is coming up. Hell, I mean – you need a name that's going to to cause some good a good stir about your program, not one that you have people burning couches and stuff in the street in Tennessee because <laughs> Shiano is about to be hired. But hey, hey guys, real quick, we got a we got a roll Auburn Georgia. The line opened up at two and a half. It's at three. It's right around there. Quinn, what do you think of that point spread 
this started last game they played. I think Georgia was a three-point favorite in Jordan-Hare. So if you put that in a neutral territory, it's probably about a seven, eight-point Georgia favorite if you take that out of Auburn. Now the line has changed all the way from that to Auburn's a three-point, meaning they'll probably be a double-digit favorite in Jordan-Hare Stadium. So what do you think about this Auburn-Georgia matchup, Quinn? It's going to be – I think it's going to be a very close football game. I think it's – it's just going to be real good. I think some people think Auburn's going to blow them out. They're not going to blow Georgia out this time. It's it's uh it's going to be a little different, Quinn. I'm just hoping Auburn can pull it out. I agree. I I think it's going to be a real tough game, and I don't really ever like Auburn being the favorite, but I understand why they are the favorite after what after the when they blew them out a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a real a real close game. I expect it to be really a you, really tough. Are game. you going? We'll just have to see we'll just have to see what happens. No, I won't be there. Are you going to the game? Okay. No. Well I'm I'm gonna go I think. I'm gonna try. Um I'm gonna try to see if I can go since I'm in Atlanta. It'd be stupid not to, but Tickets are four hundred a pop, four fifty, five hundred. If I can't get one for face value, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not paying five hundred dollars, Jonathan, for an SEC championship ticket. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't blame you. Look, I mean, if Carryon can play, I think Auburn's got a really good shot to make this game uh, look a little ugly. Look, man, do what you did last time. Back the box. Make Jake Fromm beat you. You know he can. Like, like that, that, that's it. Make Jake Fromm beat you. Because, you know, the Georgia can't stack the box. The Jarrett Stidham can beat you with his arm. Whereas Jake Fromm, I don't trust him, too. So, if I'm Auburn, I roll in there and I'm like, hey, Fromm, you got to go over 300 yards to beat us today. I mean, that, that's it. And, you know, if he can't do that, mm-hmm. I think Auburn takes care of business. Yeah. And it's, I mean, carry on. I think he's going to play. He did tweet last night. He was fine. Vegas is listening as probable. Here's the deal. And with the, I'm glad it's a shoulder kind of like a stinger or something. You can always go in and get a shot and get treatment over the week. You don't want any knee problems, ankle problems this time of year. So I think carry on is going to be fine. But I think Gus is going to have to rely on Barrett, um, Malik Miller, and Cam Martin, Cam Martin. you're just going to have to spread it out. You're just going to have to spread it out. You're just yeah. going to have to throw the football some shorter routes to open up the running game. I don't I don't think Auburn's going to lose because Carrion doesn't play. I think if Auburn loses the game, it's going to be because they turn the ball over. And uh, that's yeah. what they cannot do. What I was going to say on Carrion is what I think they'll do is they probably won't practice him much or they'll, or they'll put the non-contact jersey on him. I think he's going to play. It's just um, how close to 100% he is. and I, I think we could see a little more Cam Martin in this game and then Devin Barrett for those screen passes. He's good in the passing game. I think he may play a little more. But um, I think carry-on will play. It's just how close to 100% can yeah. they get him throughout well, this week. I think Cam Petway could be close. We'll, I'll find out more Tuesday on Cam Petway if he's able to play. But I think a lot of people in the media, you're going to hear this week, you're going to hear it all over, hey, Georgia's mad. 
that they got embarrassed. They're mad. They want revenge, all this. And, hey, it's hard to beat a team twice. Well, if you go back and look at history, it's really not. Usually the team in the SEC championship game, I think it's happened eight times and seven times that it won the first one, won the SEC. I think LSU beat Tennessee the last time it actually went opposite. But I, I think they're going to try to talk Georgia up a little bit for excitement. But like Jonathan said, if you're Auburn, you, you, you do stack the box field. You shut Georgia's running game out. You know what? If they hit some passes on you, they do. But you don't let Georgia start wearing you down up front by running the football. You stop that yeah. crap. You let your safeties, your, your corners lock down man-to-man on Georgia. And, and I think Alabama, the problem was, is when you watch – the Alabama running game, when Jalen Hurts is back there, you can't really blitz him too much because he'll take off running and then, shit, I mean, he's gone, really. He he gets a big game. Well, Fromm's not much of a running threat like that. So I think people are going to look at the Alabama game yesterday and say, well, you know, Auburn's defense did struggle a little bit, but I think it was the style of quarterback they were playing in that one. So I'm picking Auburn to win by a field goal win. You're picking Auburn on this one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do a pick. No, I'm not going to do a pick. Tell him, Jonathan. No, I'm not going to do a pick. I'm not going to do a pick. Come on, man. What I, what I, what I am going to say is, I don't, I don't think many people expect. Auburn to adjust it all from the first game. I expect Auburn to maybe throw in some wrinkles for this game and to adjust a little bit, yeah. even though they did beat Georgia by so much last time. I think Auburn well, is going to make some adjustments, too. Of course. Quinn, I love the way Stidham was run. I love the way they used Stidham yesterday on that RPO, able to run the ball out and, and create something with his legs. That's, that's something I don't think Alabama really prepared for. You could tell. They were like, what the hell is this yeah. guy doing running? You know? yeah. and, uh, his, his people underestimate his legs. He can actually run decent. And I've told people this all year long. They're like, oh, Stidham can't run. Stidham, they don't really have much of a dual threat. And only – they only dual threat QBs do good in his in Gus's system. I'm like, guys, Stidham can run. He's an underrated runner. He was the he guy. was a he was a dual threat quarterback out of high school. He was listed as a dual threat. I think he was a number one or two, I believe. I may be wrong on that, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to run the ball fifty fifty. You just got to be able to run the football when you have opportunities to keep the linebackers at bay to keep them from crowding the box, and that's the thing. Auburn was able to run the ball yesterday because of Stidham's ability to run and also his accuracy, 75% efficiency. It just opened up the running game a little bit where Auburn wasn't one-dimensional, and that's that's hard. When you're playing a team that can play defense, they can run, can throw, can kick field goals, you're in trouble, Alabama. And uh, we'll see, guys. Anything before we go? i got to go make some baby bottles. That's a highlight of my evening. Oh, boy. Fatherhood. Yeah. It's a lot of change. A lot changes when you get a baby, guys. Just wait till y'all do. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> well, I'm going to win by 10. We're really going to – oh, Bob wins by 40. 
I hope they win by 40. It. But, hey, let's try to have a show this week at least Friday night, if y'all can. At least if we can't do one during the week, let's do one Saturday morning, Friday night or something so we can get these games in make sure we go over them, especially if something changes with coaching changes and things we want to update. But I'll keep you guys updated. Well, everybody out there okay. listening, thanks for listening. Um, listen to us on our, our podcast here on the archive version. I know we got a lot of live listeners, but we also got a lot of downloads. So, guys, take care. It's been a fun 13 weeks of college football, and it's about to get just a little more fun. So guys, take care. God bless. Yes. We'll see you later. Yeah. See Bye, y'all. Bye.